right, guys, welcome back to episode 28 of the Three Bagger Podcast. I am Evan here with my host, Nick Frieri. Nick, how are you doing? Pretty well, Evan. Uh, celebrated my 24th birthday over this past weekend, so uh, feeling pretty good after that. Uh, Roots have some time off here with a lot of away games, so looking forward to relaxing a little bit here and also visiting you in a couple of weeks in due time. Nick, happy belated birthday. I am so bad <laughs> with that stuff. I had no flipping idea. Happy belated birthday, my friend. And I hope you had a great day on your 24th. For what I can remember, it's pretty good. So uh, <laughs> I, I, I do have one thing, though. In honor of my 24th birthday, I do have my uh, top five players that were 24. So I'll go ahead and go through uh, that list real quick. If you want to in, in, internally take some guesses who, who I might have on a list, Evan top 24 that or top five that top are 24 play. years old right now no that that, that wore the number 24 in the or end that wore the 24 your uh, war, yeah. your personal or the best my personal my personal list Ooh, ooh, yeah there are gonna be some good there's gonna be a game shout here so we'll we'll see how we uh we'll see how we do with that yeah. i don't even know man yeah it's gonna be i don't think be. i really have any guesses for this all right all right well We'll, we'll see how it goes. You, you'll, 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 you'll recognize all these names. It's a matter of, you may disagree with the order, but we'll, we'll see how this goes. So, so starting with number five, uh, my top players that wore 24. Number five, Tino Martinez. Uh, there you go. Hey, University of Tampa, always got a rep, you know? Yeah, fair yep. enough. You gotta go. love Tino. Gotta love Tino. Number four, Ken Griffey Jr. All right, that's fair. Number three, Miguel Cabrera. Number two, Ricky Henderson. And number one for me, of course, Gabby Willie Mays. I do recognize all those names. There's no way I would have <laughs> pulled them out of my ass, though. So <laughs> very good list. I, I love the uh, top five. Number 24 is an honor of 24. Cheers to many more. Cheers to many right. more, my friend. All right. All right. All right. So let's get into some stuff here. The so we're going to kind of start out with just some general baseball news from the last time we recorded. Mariners are kind of staying hot here in the month of July, um, and on the opposite end, the Red Sox and the Giants are not playing uh, their best baseball at this time. Nick, I'm going to kind of give it to uh, you to go into a little bit more here. Yeah, definitely. I really want to focus on these teams uh, in particular, especially because the Mariners. We're struggling a little bit earlier back in May, but I think it's since June 20th, they've been the best team in baseball. If you look even at the rubber differential, it's not, it's pretty close. The fact that they've been really, really kind of been clutch, really sound pitching has really got them through. Especially now we're talking about a little bit later about the players they just required to getting someone to Castillo has kind of really pushed them through in the playoffs. They're in a really good spot now to make the playoffs with teams two or three games behind them now. A lot of teams behind them are really struggling. So it looks like the Mariners are finally going to break the uh, the longest postseason streak in North American sports here. Yeah, they're definitely in a prime position to kind of start doing that. Like you said, we'll get into the Castillo trade a little bit later, uh, but they're definitely in a great position to try and break that drought. Will they go far? I don't really know. I think, in my opinion, it kind of depends on how far Julio Rodriguez and that pitching uh, staff can take them, the young guys there. So we'll kind of keep an eye on that. To the Red Sox and Giants, though, they've been having horrid stretches Obviously, as a Yankee fan, I'm absolutely loving seeing the Red Sox play like, you know, garbage. So great feeling there. It looks like they're going to kind of be sellers and sell. They're not going to obviously do a full sell slash rebuild, uh, but they got a lot of questions to answer this offseason with Bogart's endeavors and whether they're going to 
extend Evers and whether Bogarts is even going to be on the team next year. So they're going to look to try to retool a bit by maybe getting rid of, uh, we'll talk about this later too, Martinez and Vasquez and a couple of their other uh, expiring veteran contracts. Uh, the San Francisco Giants are in an interesting spot too. We've seen them in this spot before where they're kind of teetering on that line of like, well, we could make the postseason or we could just sell off all our players. And I know we saw that kind of with Will Smith. I think what year was it? It was a couple of years ago. I think it was 19, I believe, when that happened, when they were kind of just on the outside. Yeah. So like they were teetering on whether they were going to trade Will Smith and they ended up keeping him um, after everybody thought they were going to get rid of him. Uh, they're kind of in that same spot with veterans Carlos Radon and Jock Peterson. Uh, does Jock have an opt-out after this year? I know Radon has an opt-out. I believe Jock was only a one-year deal, if I, okay. I remember right. So especially with that, I mean, Radon, he's been in the news recently because he, uh, he uh, kicked a bat into Estrada and almost injured him. So there's, yep. been, a lot, there's been a lot of tension with Rendon recently. He's still a very good pitcher. And I think he can help a team out. But the Giants got swept by the Dodgers earlier earlier uh, last week. So they really have not been – they played better against the Cubs uh, this, this weekend, but – if you look at the NL and just how tight it is, I really just don't see how them getting back into it unless they want to be major buyers. But I don't think they want to give up their, their really big prospects like uh, Luciano and uh, in Barry at this point when they feel they could be competing here the next five years. So I really do see the Giants, if they really get, get good offers for those guys, uh, Rodon and Peterson, uh, selling them off and seeing if they can kind of build up for the next couple of years here. So we'll kind of keep an eye on those. The trade deadline is Tuesday. We probably will uh, do another episode maybe later next week after the trade deadline to kind of break down everything that happened. But for now, yeah, the trade deadline's in a couple days here and uh, we haven't seen too many big moves, Um, but we'll get into some of uh, the moves that have happened over the last couple of days. So starting with uh, Andrew Benatendi to the Yankees, uh, this was a very good trade for New York. They really didn't give up much. I think they gave up their 19, like 20 and 21 prospects or something. Not really much, not guys I've really even heard of at all. Um, and you're obviously getting a very quality rental bat in Ben Attendee, who's been very good for the Royals this year. He was hitting like 339. Uh, he only had three homers and 39 RBIs, but you know, the low RBI total is going to be from the Royals just not being a good team and not having those opportunities very often. Um, he's kind of revamped his swings so that he's hitting more uh, for average and contact now, as opposed for power like he was in Boston early in his career. I know I've watched a couple of the games he's played against the Kansas City Royals against his former team, and he's been very good. He's taken a bunch of walks. Uh, he's had a sack fly, and he's gotten a hit or two here. So I think he's going to be pretty important for the Yankees going down the stretch. Uh, Nick, I'm going to give it to you to talk about the uh, kind of next transaction, big one that happened in this list. Yeah, after that, uh, Nyquin went to the uh, Mets. As you can see here, it's kind of just a full sell-on mode from the Reds as he, they uh, moved another big piece after that. But another good move here for the Mets. Uh, he's going to be a platoon hitter because they were really good outfield when you got when you got guys like Canna and Marte and everything else they got going on there. They basically three all-star outfielders, so. They're, re- they're a really good shot. The Mets feel is getting another depth piece. Uh, I would expect the Mets to kind of go after another kind of pitcher here to kind of stir things up because obviously Diaz is fantastic at, on the close of the end here for them recently. What he's done recently has been awesome for them. So they're going to have a few more pieces, but the Mets are in a really good spot now to both win the division and kind of to be the top team in the NL at this point. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised they weren't uh, more in on Soto or aren't more in on Soto. And, yeah. Uh, big, big spender Steve Cohen over there doesn't. Exactly. 
He'll, you know what? He'll don't worry. He'll strike in two years when Soto's free agent. He'll offer yeah. him three billion dollars. Yeah, he'll, he'll basically I'm like, I'll, I'll give you that. Uh, anything you want, islands, countries, I got you. Exactly. Is, what you want, Soto? I'll give you. I'll give you part of the moon. To be honest, we'll, we'll see what's gonna happen. What is he, Elon Musk over here? <laughs> <laughs> He's just Steve Cohen. He's not Elon Musk. No, but yeah, let's yeah. chill with that. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe a little bit of Russia. Maybe a lot from some of that country. Yeah, yeah. I don't think anybody wants that country at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sure. Russia. Didn't mean to get into politics here. Uh, yeah. Sorry, Putin, if you're listening yeah. to this. Yeah. So, big fan. <laughs> Putin's a big fan of our podcast. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. Okay. <laughs> so uh, down to that next move. Like you said, the Reds are kind of selling off some pieces here. Luis Castillo, probably the top pitcher on the market uh, to go this um, trade deadline went to the Seattle Mariners. Uh, they gave up quite a bit for him. I think it was so Noel V. Marte, who's a top 10 prospect in the league. Uh, Marte went, or maybe he's not top 10 anymore. He might have dropped a little bit out of the top 10. Maybe he's like 15, but he, he was, a, he's in that area, he's one of the top prospects in the league. So he was the headliner to that package. And then there were a couple of guys who I didn't really recognize their name. Um, they were some of Seattle's top prospects, though. So the Reds kind of get a retool with, you know, couple of these young guys and a very good prospect in Noel V. Marte. And the, like you said, the Mariners get their kind of ace and guy that's going to be very big for them and starting some of the postseason games, if they can break their drought here, Nick, uh, next yeah. on the list for you. Yeah. Right there. Uh, after that, the, the Rays get, get a little more pop in their lineup, being able to acquire David Peralta from a D-backs team that's playing better than I thought they'd play, but they're still not in a good spot to compete at this point. So good on them to be able to set off, set off a guy. Uh, they got a, a Marley catcher in return, so it's kind of iffy what he'll be able to produce, if anything at all, at the MLB level. But when you have expiring contracts, you're just trying to get pieces back, see if they fit. You never know, with these, especially with these Marley guys. So really good on the Rays, though, because – they are going to be a playoff team. There's still some questions with that lineup and being able to get some guy. You may, may not hit for average, but he, he is going to put a few of them out there. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's a very raise-like move. I mean, get a very guy that's very cheap, uh, get him for not much, and just kind of see how he does down the stretch. He'll most likely go into free agency next year and sign elsewhere, but the Rays do have their rental outfielder uh, after losing Kevin Kiermeyer for the entire year. So good move by the Rays. We kind of expect this from them at this point. Uh, they've done this for, you know, multiple trade deadlines now. So let's um, go down the list one more here to uh, Daniel Vogelbach. He also was traded to the Mets from the Brewers. Just like you said with Naquin, just another kind of depth bat that they can throw into that lineup and give some of their guys a rest down the stretch to kind of prepare for this playoff run. Jacob DeGrom's back on Tuesday. Oh, yeah. That's some big Mets news. He hasn't pitched all year, so we'll see him pitch on Tuesday. I don't know who they're playing, but happy to Grom Day. <laughs> exactly. Uh, obviously, like I don't like the Mets, but it's always nice to see one of the best you know players in the sport actually playing and not true. injured. So Very good true. for him. Big big Jacob DeGrom guy. Yep. Big fan of him. Yep. And then we'll go to the last person on the list here, Nick, another kind of yep. minor move from the Chicago Cubs. Yeah, the, uh, the Dodgers were able to acquire uh, the reliever, Chris Martin. They got him from a guy who was a guy that traded the guy, the uh, Cubs guy is batting 091. So don't know if he's going to provide much for them uh, this season, but I see another expiring contact. He's kind of get what you get for those, but uh, good for the 
Dodgers getting another piece here. They look pretty overwhelming right now, kind of what they got here. So really the Dodgers and the Metro really like the two teams are really going to take control of the NL right now. It's really going to be a a really fun race in the NL coming up here. The Dodgers, that's a classic Dodger move, just getting some random like old reliever to bolster their bullpen. So nothing, no surprise there. Uh, It'd be very scary if they got Juan Soto. They're one of the three teams left rumored in the Juan Soto sweepstakes. Yeah, that that would be. I really don't want to see Juan Soto, Alex and Freddie Freeman in uh, the same lineup. Not to mention their countless other superstars. They're very good players that are on that team. So hopefully, uh, I said this earlier. At least Juan Soto is not coming to the American League. (laughs) At least for the next two years, Juan Soto is in the National League. We don't really even have to worry about him until we either get to the World Series or have to play one interleague play series. So. Before we kind of go to more trade deadline talk of stuff that hasn't happened, but uh, inevitably will, we're going to kind of look at the standings here and just kind of go through and see, you know, which teams have some playoff spots locked up and which are kind of teetering on the edge, you know, of we could make a wild card, we might be out, do we want to buy, do we want to sell? So wild card standings here, Toronto has the first AL wildcard, Seattle has the second, and Tampa Bay has the third. So those teams are all within three games. And look at this. The Baltimore Orioles are only three games Who'd have thought? of a wildcard spot. Good for them. I mean, that would be incredible. If Seattle goes cold, yep. the entire AL East could make the postseason. I mean, that has obviously never happened, and that would just be incredible. Imagine if the entirety, the entire AL playoff picture, besides one team, you know, yeah. the two spot, the two teams that won the yeah. Central and the West. Yeah, you're gonna, you're gonna have four. You're gonna have four teams from one division in the playoffs. It's pretty crazy to think. And obviously, the fifth team is gonna be right around 500. I mean, obviously, I wouldn't put my bets on the uh, the Red Sox making it at this point because they're gonna be pretty big. Oh sellers, yeah, yeah, that's right. There would here. be one team. There would be one team that didn't make it. That's my fault. It wouldn't be all the teams. That's my fault. But yeah, who would have thought that the Red Sox would not be making it and Baltimore would? Granted, the Red Sox still aren't that far out. They're only four and a half games to Baltimore's three, so they're not completely out of it. We're kind of looking to at Cleveland is in that spot. They're two and a half, so they're a little bit closer than Baltimore. Uh, with Texas and the Angels and Tigers kind of trailing them, they're nowhere near their 11, 14 games back. So none of those teams are really going to do anything. But like Cleveland, Baltimore are kind of teetering in Chicago, teetering on this line here. I would say that Cleveland probably won't. So if I if I had my guesses with these teams, Cleveland won't sell. Baltimore will probably sell a little bit like their expiring contracts. And the White Sox aren't selling with Boston and down, probably selling, you know, some of their veterans. Yeah. So yeah. let's kind of, yep. You got some yeah. thoughts on it. Yeah, I agree with that too. Especially for team about the White Sox. You better, you got, y'all better start buying because there's way too much expectations for this team not to make the playoffs considering they're only a couple games out here like any of these teams seattle could definitely slip up here but they've done in the past where they they could especially with rodriguez gonna be on the il for a couple weeks here so it's a shot for them to come back in it it's kind of interesting cleveland like we really haven't been talking about them much but they've been really consistent all the year and considering they're right there too they can honestly if they want to See if they can find a one or two piece and see if they get really tight of this race. But all the other teams, I fully expect them to sell. I totally agree with the Baltimore soft selling approach here. Sell the expiring contracts. You guys are almost right there. They're in a really good position next year, especially if they get a few more 
prospects lining up here, triple A level guys, they'll be ready to go in the next two to three years. Yeah, definitely. Let, let's kind of spotlight this one guy for a minute because he's been going a ton under the radar, especially like since All-Star Weekend and everything. Andres Jimenez from the Francisco Lindor trade. Yeah, That guy is an All-Star. I mean, yeah. he's, in, he's very good. Cleveland was the, Cleveland just kind of got some. They were like, oh, we traded Francisco Lindor and everyone was so worried about that. I mean, they got a guy that's playing just as well as Lindor right now in that trade. So uh, Cleveland continues to be kind of similar to the Rays here where they just kind of like they sell off their stars because they can't afford to play them or pay them, but they get quality people in return. They do their research, man. It's they've been a very good club. So we'll, we'll kind of see if they can hop into one of these wild card spots here. Tampa Bay is definitely def- weaker than they have been in the past. Yeah. So we'll kind of see. Uh, I, I want to get a prediction too. What do you think the three wild card spots are going to be? Ooh, three wild card spots on the Come spot. The, the season. So I think Toronto definitely is, there's, there's too much talent there. They're playing really well. I think they're going to be a good spot. Mm-hmm. And then I think the other two is kind of a toss up for me. It really could be any one of these kind of four to five teams, but I'll go ahead and say, I, I, th- I think the White Sox get somebody. I, I think they get in the spot only a couple of games back. I think they get it in the last spot. I think it's, it's, it's going to be the Rays, but it's going to be very, very tight between them and the Mariners. If you look at it right now, the Rays aren't playing their best ball. Three and seven, the past 10 games are kind of struggling a bit. And next you have a chance to kind of, uh, almost not make the kind of hop, hop behind the line here in the, in the coming week. So uh, those are teams I watch uh, Cleveland stay consistent, but I don't know if they're really going to be able to get anybody. They'll get them across the line. They, they are one of the lowest payrolls in baseball here. So I don't know if they really want to change that at this point. So that's really where I see the, uh, the playoffs heading here in the AL. Fair enough. I'm going to say Toronto takes the one spot. Like you said, I think the two spot is going to be Seattle still. Yep. Um, the only change I would make is I think Tampa Bay falls out of it. And yeah. uh, I think the guardians are going to grab that last spot there. All right. So we'll, we'll see how this shakes out and we'll kind of come back to this recording. Uh, once the playoffs start, we'll, we'll do a playoff preview and we'll kind of add our reactions to these predictions here. So let's kind of head over to the NL now and just kind of go through this a little bit. So the first spot right now belongs to the Braves, uh, San Diego at two and the Phillies at three the St. Louis Cardinals are out of the playoffs right now, which is uh, shocking to be honest. Pretty incredible because yep. they have a very good team. Who's leading that division right now? The Brewers. The yeah. Brewers are yeah. The Brewers are up. They're up three games right now on the. Uh, the they're up. The Brewers are up three games on the Cardinals right now. So like, honestly, okay. So honestly, the Cardinals may have a better shot making win the division than make a wild card at this point. So it's pretty funny. Yeah. All right. So I'm thinking here. They're really. I mean, the buyers are pretty obvious. Obviously yep. the all the division leaders along with Atlanta, San Diego, and Philadelphia, Philadelphia, you know, may actually make the playoffs, which they haven't done that in a while. So that would be interesting. Um, I, honestly, though, I don't think they're going to end up edging out St. Louis. Uh, I probably shouldn't be talking about, I should not be talking about the Phillies like that because they do employ me and give me my paycheck. So maybe, maybe I should say they are going to make the play. <laughs> hey, hey, there we go, baby. For, for anyone listening. Yeah. Um, obviously St. Louis is going to be a buyer. Uh, San Francisco is really that only team that has a shot at making it uh, and is kind of teetering on the line. I Miami, Colorado, Arizona, they're, they're not hopping into yeah. a playoff spot. So, and I'm pretty sure Colorado has said they're standing pat and not doing anything. Yep. So we'll kind of look here at the St. Louis Cardinals, uh, San Francisco giants. And if they can kind of climb into the playoff race here, they're 
uh, four back and one back. So it'll kind of be between those five. So your predictions for the yeah, no. NL wild card? Yeah, I think it's going to be state. It's going to be Atlanta one. They have a pretty healthy lead on the other two teams, and they're really good. I actually have a small outside shot at changing the uh, changing the Mets because only two games, and you know it could be in classic Mets fashion, still make the playoffs but lose lose out in the division, have to play a wild card round. So that's still a possibility. But Atlanta is a really good team. It doesn't matter who gets hurt for them; they somehow are really resilient and are still very talented. So they're taking the one easily. Uh, Padres, uh, after a disappointing year last year, I think they're in a really solid spot here. I still think I think they're going to make the playoffs here. In the third, I think St. Louis will catch. The Phillies and overtake that spot for the third. Uh, you got to get props to the Phillies here. They they feel like they need a change. They fire their manager and they play better baseball. They've improved. They got them this, they got themselves in a spot where they have a chance to make the playoffs for the first time. I think it's like 09 or or 2010. It's the last time they made it. It's been over a decade now. So they're in a really good spot here, especially when you have a like, generational talent like Bryce Harper, who you're paying for the next decade here. You're going to want to start to make playoffs, start making some runs. So they're in a good spot. But I think the talent on St. Louis is just overwhelming, especially they're really going to push now, especially got the, all the other guys on our team. You got Wainwright and Albert Pujols. So all those guys in Molina, all those guys are basically like their last year. And they're basically like, they're kind of like, this is their last dance. They're going to try hungry. to push. Through. They're hungry. They're like, hungry. They're hungry. You know, they, they want to complete it. They, they, these guys have already won two World Series, they want to get that third one, you know? So I, I think there's a good shot. I really do think the Cardinal teams be talented. And I, I would expect when we talk about the players available, I would not be surprised if they grab two or three of these guys. That's how hungry this team is to get in the playoffs. Yeah, and we really can't stress enough how much a Juan Soto trade to either the Padres or Cardinals would sway, like, these rankings that we're making right now. Like that, that would just add so much pop and so much hope to any team that picks him up. So it, it's going to be a very big uh, headliner to watch here before the deadline. That's really, I think once Soto goes, the floodgates are going to open up because everybody's kind of holding their breath and saving their prospects for, you know, a Soto trade. So once Soto gets traded, I think everything else will kind of follow suit and, you know, happen pretty quickly. Um, I'm going to go with your same prediction for this too. I think Atlanta stays in the one San Diego two, And I think St. Louis does catch up to Philly. They're only one game back at this point. <coughs> Excuse me. All right. So that is it for the wild card. Obviously the Yankees are in the playoffs um, based on their division lead. And I don't see that changing the twins um, and guardians. So the twins and the guardians could be interchangeable as well. Cause they're only a game and a half. Um, difference there so we can fill whatever we said about the guardians with the twins as well Um, and obviously houston is running away with that west division uh if we kind of go over to the national league here too like you said the mets are going to be taking that division uh unless atlanta can oh no never mind atlanta's only two and a half back so it's going to be the mets or atlanta uh brewers and Cardinals, the Brewers are only three games up, so Brewers and Cardinals are pretty interchangeable, and the Dodgers are running away with the West. So that's all we're going to kind of say about um, teams and trades that have already happened. Let's kind of go now to prospective deals and players that are kind of on the block. So, Nick, I'm going to give it to you to kind of go over some of the big starting pitchers that are left on the market after Luis Castillo was dealt. Yeah, definitely. So, Frankie Montas, probably say probably the best pitcher left on the market after Casillas got dealt. Uh, Montas had a solid year. He's been he's had some rough starts, but he's still a really solid pitcher, especially if you get in the playoffs. He'll be a solid kind of two to three 
uh, maybe even a four option on some of these really good pitching teams. So the, the big link now is the Yankees, because especially after after missing on earlier players, the Yankees have really good opportunity here to add another pitcher, kind of kind of bolster that rotation here. So I, I would expect Montas to get moved here, especially with the A's. They played better recently, which is still not saying much because they're still one of the worst teams in baseball. But I would not expect I would expect Montas to be moved here in the next uh, day or so. We're kind of coming up the deadline. I was honestly surprised it took so long for Montas to get moved, considering they traded all the other big pieces in the preseason. And Montas is kind of like the one guy everybody for the was waiting on the A's to trade, and it has not happened yet. So, if Montas doesn't move, I'd be very shocked by that if you if if they don't trade him. Yeah, no, he's 100% gone. There's absolutely no reason for them to hang on to him at this point. Um, I know the Yankees are in with a couple other teams on big guys to get him. And yeah, I I would love to have him. I mean, it's probably going to cost a little bit of an overpay to kind of get him based on the other teams that are in on this, but I'm completely fine with it. You need those really good quality arms in the postseason, and he's definitely one of them that can make an impact for uh, New York. And then... Also, we have Tyler Maley of the Reds. He's had a pretty solid season as well, but uh, obviously not as big as Montas. I honestly haven't really heard much about his market, to be honest. No, I was kind of weird. I think he would because the Reds are a big sell team. They're definitely a team pushing for the number one pick this year. Obviously, it's a lottery, but still, you want to be in the top four spot. So, honestly, surprised there has been even just a small deal for him or anything like that. Yeah. We're also Carlos Radon can't be on this list we really aren't sure what the giants are going to do like like we said but he does have an opt-out after the season and he can become a free agent so and it looks like he will i mean he pitched very well again this year and i think a team will give him a longer term deal uh after his kind of pro- him proving it so radone could be a big one that i know the yankees are also looking at that would be a pretty big impact starter to any uh postseason contender so we'll kind of move to infield now wilson Contreras on an expiring contract he's been magnificent for the Cubs over his tenure. Anybody that needs catching help, Yankees uh, would be pretretty lucky to get Wilson Contreras. He's plays the position very well. He's a great hitter. I would be super excited if the Yankees would swing for him, but I, I doesn't look like they are. I've heard rumors about the Padres, um, but other than that, his market, I, I don't, it's been pretty quiet. So I'll kind of give it to you for uh, one of our other big infield guys. A player also you do kind of like here is uh, Josh Bell. I know you've been really high on this year, a, a good power hitting uh, first baseman. You can also DH as well. A team like the Nationals, like I said, we're going to be selling. We're still waiting to hear if we hear news about Juan Soto, but Josh Bell is a guy that should be traded to kind of one of these teams who just needs another bat. We saw what the Rays did getting Peralta. Another team in the Rays, similar position to the Rays, should also look to push to get, to push to get Josh Bell here. Yeah, so Houston has been big rumored on uh, maybe adding Bell, and that's kind of a scary prospect. Houston's already got a very good lineup, and then you throw Josh Bell, who's just an incredible hitter, into that mix, and Houston just gets even better. So we're, we're hoping that Houston can't make that work, um, but we'll see. But Josh Bell will definitely have a nice landing spot on a contender that will uh, definitely make an impact in the postseason slash pennant race. I will also give it to you, Nick, to kind of talk about some of our outfielders on the block here. Definitely. Yeah, there's some definitely uh, kind of interesting players we got going on here. Uh, one guy I want to focus on is like Ramon Laureano. There was a link to him with the Giants, but now the Giants are kind of more in a seller's market now. Uh, you find it interesting to see. I don't think he'd make that move. So Laureano is a guy who, who can do – he's pretty – he's pretty, he's pretty. I'd say, above average player. He can do a little bit of everything. He has a good arm, can steal bases. 
I expect him for the eight for the A's really try to push him. Some other guys really interesting me on this list is a uh, Trey Mancini is a guy going to come up on free agency. Uh, we know the Orioles have played better, but it's still an opportunity to get some prospects who will be ready in the next kind of one, two years where we help this team kind of next year and the following years to push for the playoffs. So uh, we can see what happens to him. Uh, uh, Brian Reynolds is on this list, but I know recently the Pirates said they aren't looking to move him. So that one's kind of up in the air. Uh, he's probably going to stay at this point. And then a couple of older guys like really help out. Nelson Cruz, he can still help out a playoff team. Yep. He's, still, he's, he's definitely still worth a decent still got some pop in that bat. <laughs> definitely, definitely does. And then uh, Judy Martinez, especially now with the kind of the Red Sox spiraling, it's an opportunity for the Red Sox to get something so they can kind of have a soft rebuild coming up here, kind of more something like a relaunch for next year, get those aspiring contracts off. Yeah, for sure. I, I like the description on the Red Sox there. It's not a rebuild, but it's more of a retool and kind of relaunch because they've still got – a bunch of very good pieces. And obviously, like we said earlier, they're going to have to figure out signing if they're going to sign Xander Bogarts, if they're going to extend Devers, they've just got a lot to figure out this upcoming off season. So, you know, retool and relaunch the roster and they should be right back in the race again next year. So we're going to kind of move on here. You, you like Juan Soto as a long shot to be traded. Uh, Tell me a little bit more about that. My whole thing with the one, it's kind of like, I know, you know, we talked to 30 seconds last time about the, about the basketball to Kevin Durant. That's, that's the way I see it. Juan Soto is, I think it's going to take a little too much that teams are not willing to give up for Juan Soto, but considering if they wait, like, you know, three more months, his, his value is going to go down by a lot. He's starting to go on control. He still has a couple of years of control here. And like, if you wait just a couple more months, there's one less control. And he's already, it pretty much seems like he's not going to sign the contract with the nationals. So, obviously, you can wait it out here. It's going to cost you a lot less. Like, right now, it's probably going to cost you your least number one prospect and probably a three three other top four. Top, top four. four prospects. Yeah, so they're cost- looking for the top four or five prospects. Of every single team. And at this point, yeah. Monster is good, and a lot of teams are going to do that. But if, if, but if you feel in a good – like, for the Dodgers, you're in a really good position right now. If you wait, probably for the offseason to get him – may only cost you one or two it probably only cost you your top two prospects so that, that's where i see Juan Soto. like he's is a tremendous talent my, my whole thing is our team's gonna be willing to give up the top four to get him when they could wait and it's gonna cost them a lot less later on yeah i, I see what you're saying uh, that's it's tough because you're right i mean his value is not going to drop a ton i disagree with that statement but it'll definitely drop a bit because of the years of control uh also I mean, he's more of a premium now too, because if you get him now, he's going to impact pennant race. That's, that's very valuable. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know if the price would come down that much in the off season, uh, maybe like a top prospect. Like if they're asking for the top four or five at this point, I think in the off season, they still probably want, you know, your top three or like top three prospects, you know? So I, I don't think, I just think that extra prospect is because it's at such an important time of the season. Um, to the point where it's going to impact pennant race. So we'll see. I mean, we got two days left here. It's going to be big news and a big headline if he does get dealt and whoever gets him is going to have arguably the best boost. You really could get a trade deadline. So we'll keep an eye on that situation. And then I agree with you on this one. Another long shot to be dealt, Shohei Otani. I know he's been rumored a lot of being traded from the Angels, but yeah, I I don't, it's, it's going to require a similar return to Soto. And with the fact that he's already 28 years old, 
I, I don't think a team is going to spend their top four prospects on him. And when he's coming up on free agency somewhat soon, right? And like, he's got like another year of control. Yeah. It's coming up here based on the contract he signed. So I, I don't expect a tie to boot at this point, considering the angels probably still have one more year saying, Hey, let's see what we can do with all this talent before they blow it up here. So I, I know it's more of what I've heard teams have asked about Otani and the angels have been like, nah, we, we ain't moving him. Yeah, th- that's fair. A guy of that talent is also tough to move, especially when you have uh, a guy named Mike Trout, who's also on your roster. So you, you heard about the uh, Trout back injury too. That's just so sad, man. Yeah. Like guy of his talent and he's going to have to endure like a nagging back injury probably for the rest of his career. It just stinks that he's been out so much due to it and he probably will be hindered in the future um, from it. Cause I mean, that's, that's the goat right there. That's the go to baseball. And he, he's still on track to be one of the greatest of all time in to ever play baseball, but it just stinks that we possibly could have seen him even greater uh, if he didn't kind of have this injury hindering him. So we're going to move on to a little bit more of um, some legal stuff within the NBA. We're going to kind of get away or NBA MLB. It's Sunday. I worked all week. Um, So in the MLB, uh, some legal uh, stuff happened. Nick, I'm going to kind of shoot it over to you to talk about a little of this and uh, we're going to do this and then kind of wrap it up. Yeah, definitely. Now, uh, as as someone who who was a sport manager grade with more of the stuff kind of, I tend to look at it and focus on kind of the more business side of sports. So this is kind of where this part's coming up here. Uh, I, it, it's been it's been released kind of like a couple articles in this, but I thought it's really important and we kind of talk about this along with the normal player stuff we talk about here. Uh, so there recently has been a challenge recently to like MLB's antitrust kind of exemption. So kind of to break it down, kind of what is MLB antitrust like exemption? It goes all the way back to the 1920s when uh, basically a, ru- a ruling stated that since since baseball is a game, it is exempt from antitrust law, which basically means MLB can be an op can be a monopoly. It basically basically they can govern themselves without like oversight, like other businesses have oversight. Until this day, baseball is still the only only major business and sport that is is exempt from antitrust law. So, kind of what's been happening recently, there's been a, a really deep dive looking into kind of minor league player conditions. I know we were talking a little bit off pod. Evan here that minor league players can make anywhere of $4,800 to 15K a year. And the poverty line here in America is 13K. So majority of players are making under that. And the justification is, oh, they signed signing bonuses. So they're going to live on that for a couple of years. And look at conditions where players don't get to choose where they go. And these minor league teams don't get to choose what players they have because the MLB controls all that. So that's basically why this lawsuit is uh, coming up and why it's being challenged right now, kind of in a legal system in Congress looking to pass a lock here to kind of take away MLB's anti-trust exemption here. So Manfred did come out with a statement recently, basically saying that MLB is allowed to do this because of how it governs and how it works. And he, he actually says like the exemption only comes up because we have a draft, but other than that, like it really doesn't affect any other part of baseball. So I don't know how this is going to play out over the next couple of years. I know the minor league baseball did recently win a lawsuit against MLB for for $154 million. That's going to go to, going to go to some players because of work conditions. I know there's a lot of pushback a couple uh, last year when MLB cut over 40 ML IB teams out because they were reducing the minor league team. So teams are now partying are coming on this, trying to see to get back in part of the minor league baseball system. So 
there's a lot going on between Major League Baseball and Minor League Baseball to figure out how is exemptions actually happening? Like, what what is it still doing? Can we get minor league players more money? And the MLB is just kind of staying put, Rob Manfred staying put, saying, hey, they agreed to part of this league. They get their signing bonuses. What we pay them is what we pay them. So it's going to be a lot of tension over the next couple, I'd say months, maybe even years, seeing if this can get even more settled or if Congress is able to pass the law, kind of being able to break up uh, MLB's antitrust exemption. Yeah, that's definitely a big thing over the last couple of years for minor leaguers is, you know, getting pay that will actually stay in their life or life because obviously that's pretty important. So yeah, we'll, we'll kind of look for this to see how it plays out uh, over the next year here, years, uh, especially in the off season when the focus kind of off of baseball, I assume that's when, you know, a lot of this will kind of try and be figured out $4,800 a year, man. Like that's crazy. That's to play an entire minor league season too. And like have the risk of injury. That's, that's yeah. incredible. That, that's terrible. No, it's terrible. Considering you're you're only paid during the months you play. So in the offseason, you're not played, but you still have to train year-round to be a baseball player. So, and think about it. And it also, another part is that a team controls your rights in the minor league for seven years. So you cannot go play anywhere else unless they release you or trade you. So basically, if you let's say, if you, let's say if you're a catcher and this team happens to have a lot of good catchers, you're kind of stuck there unless they trade you or release you. So that's yep. kind of that's kind of where the major anti antitrust thing goes is the teams control your right for seven years. So that's another thing they're fighting too. Can you imagine that in like the real work world? Just yeah. like yeah, if you want to work here, you got to sign a contract and you can't leave unless we tell you you can leave. leave? Yeah. Or if we give you to another company. Right. <laughs> like breaking news. Yeah. The Oakland Roots have traded Nick Frieri for yeah. Yeah. you know. So, <laughs> You know, average Joe who wants yeah. to sell for the roots. Nick will yeah. now go to, you know, yeah. Oklahoma and yeah, yeah, <laughs> and work for the, you know, soccer team there. Like yeah, and you can they just tell you that and you're like, ah, well, looks like well, I got to do it. Like yeah, <laughs> no choice. Yeah, that that'd be crazy. So that that's what we're dealing with here. This is, you know, just basic labor law. Yeah, that the MLB is just not put into effect yet which yeah. is crazy yeah so now we'll kind of uh, move on to the next businessy thing here yeah. um, the mlbpa rejecting the mlb's proposal for the international draft this was also a pretty big thing uh that was coming up this year that they were mlb and the mlbpa were trying to agree on this was particularly big uh during the uh lockout as well well the small lockout we had yeah. so nick i'll kind of give it to you to explain this as well yeah definitely this was actually a huge part why the lockout was still happening and luckily luckily the mlb and mlb agreed okay well this is a separate issue we'll deal with it later or we'd still not have baseball right now because they still can't figure it out which yeah. kind of which is kind of crazy to me so uh basically what they're proposing is mlb wants to do an international draft compared to what they do now is kind of every team has like five billion dollars they can spend on international it's like it's, it's gone up from now but, but it's a certain amount they can spend on international prospects. It's kind of free for all. Sign whoever you want. Very lo- very lo- low uh, regulations. So what MLB is proposing is okay. We already have our domestic draft for players from who goes basically what's called the Rule Four draft. The draft we know kind of happens every summer, where for, for college or high school players from Canada, U.S. and Puerto Rico get drafted into. But all the other players from Dominican and all and else around the Caribbean have to sign international contracts at the age of like 16 or 17. And then uh, go through the minor system from there. 
So the MLB wants to do a draft for their players now. So they have a little more control, a little more oversight of what's happening. And what's happening is uh, the MLBPA is open to it. They just can't agree on the total amount of money that'll go in the pool. So right now there's been four different proposals. Uh, MLB has proposed a $191 million uh, player pool. So basically if you're the first pick, you'll get like $15 million. Second pick, you'll get $10 million. It goes all the way down from there. Well, the MLPPA uh, has a pool of, wants to have a pool of $260 million. So basically getting every player to draft a little more money versus the MLB proposal. And MLB is just like, no, we, we don't feel that. And MLBPA basically released a statement saying, hey, we're, we're trying our best to make sure these projects still get the same amount of money as they would, kind of signing these contracts versus being drafted. And we want to make sure this is focusing on like fairness rather than efficiency, which MLB is trying to do. So this issue doesn't look like it's going to be resolved. So we're still not going to have the same kind of international player signing area rather than just having the draft. So I'm happy they decided let's, this is a separate issue than the lockout. Cause we, like I said before, we'd, ne- we'd not be playing baseball right now. If they, this was the thing that was holding up the lockout. Yeah. That that's pretty crazy to think about. I mean, it, what we see here is just a classic, you know, we want more money and you guys are going to give it to us. That That's yeah. pretty much what, what the MLBPA is saying right now. Um, and it's just kind of a game of chicken at this point, which team is going to, or yeah, which side is going to give in and say, all right, we'll do this. Or, you know, are they going to meet closer to the middle more like, you know, 220 or something. So it'll definitely be something to watch for going forward. I think the prospect of an international draft is definitely a great idea and it'll kind of add a little bit more excitement to, you know, the off season slash season, whenever they plan on doing it as well as or just like the college and high school draft that you mentioned. So we'll definitely keep an eye on that as time goes on here in, uh, in our future episodes. So we're going to cover one smaller thing here before we um, kind of go out on this episode, uh, a couple world baseball classic updates. Mike Trout, Trevor Story, and Nolan Arenado have all stated they are going to play for Team USA. You know, as an American, that's awesome. I mean, you love to see the best players competing internationally. And I think that's obviously a giant boost to Team USA. And I mean, you throw those guys on with some of the old timers that are usually on it, like David Robertson. I don't know if Todd Frazier is still planning on playing or whatever, but I mean, that's a pretty big boost to the team. Yeah, definitely here. Especially you look at it here, like, you know, most of the making guys are going to play for their country. So it's just a matter of like Team USA will usually be the most, will have the most talented pool of players. It's just a matter of can they bring those players together and play, considering this will be the fifth iteration and the U.S. is the only ever one, one which was the last one. So I think it kind of inspired a lot more players from, from the U.S. to actually want to take this seriously and play. Like when you have Mike Trout, who arguably is the, one of the best baseball player right now, for him to play – it kind of does add more legitimacy to the actual tournament. And we're going to see a lot more players in the coming months make announcements they want to play. Uh, one more minor note here. Uh, Bruce Bochy, who's actually born in France, fun fact, never knew that, is actually to coach Team France in the qualifying. I don't expect them, Team France, to get to the actual tournament, but it's still pretty cool that a uh, legendary MLB manager is going to coach uh, Team France here for qualifying. Can you name one French baseball player? Uh, I cannot. Uh, it's actually funny. I know, I know his name, but like I said, when I do, every time I do my out of baseball sim, there's always a couple like French prospects. I always try to pick up and see if I can progress them through my minor league system. But as of right now, I don't think I can name one. I can't even name like a French player descent. Usually, like they usually get like one player who from who's American who has French descent that can play. I, I can't even think of one player right now. I I agree with you. I cannot think of one guy that is French. Um, I'm actually gonna 
type it into my browser right now though and see what the first thing that comes up is so i'm pretty sure thai french is not french i'm i'm almost certain thai france is not french (laughs) the first guy that comes up with is bruce bochi yeah (laughs) all right let me me refine my search here i need to put active french yeah player in the mld yeah you know it's bad when the first result is bruce bochi and like a bunch of like pictures in black and white of guys when you have guys named duke in there it's it's not the uh no, you're, you're right. All right, five French players making their mark in the USA. That's the first thing that came up. I put active. Yeah. Yeah, uh, according uh, Yeah, we're not going to find there. According to uh, MLB Almanac, the last, fr- last player who was born in France to play in the MLB was Bruce Bochy in 1987. All right, well, and before that settles that, that. And before that, 1903 was the last French baseball player. So it's been it's a just don't like baseball, man. Yeah, they're uh, yeah, this not a baseball country, France, but hey, they're in their qualifications. Bruce Bochy, you know, he's born there, so Bruce can work some magic. He did it with Giants. Yeah, hey, <laughs> Bruce can get the Giants to win three World Series. He can get France to qualify for for the main tournament here. So, a good. I, I would say so. I think yeah. we have to. I think our second team should be France. I think we have yeah. to kind of root France into the World Baseball Classic. Classic. Yeah, <laughs> three bagger podcast uh, for France. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll get some mock-ups on the uh, three bet on the uh, on the collaboration. Bubble. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll collab with France here. Don't worry about. It. Uh, we'll, we'll have to get in touch with uh, somebody over there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe Bruce will answer us. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, Nick. I had some fun talking baseball with you today. Uh, should be an exciting trade deadline coming up here in the next couple of days, and we will be back with you guys hopefully next week after uh, kind of all these teams are set and ready to go for the pennant race. So. Nick, I'm going to give it to you to send us out here. Yeah, thank you guys for listening. I think it's one of our longer episodes. A lot of different topics here, uh, ranging from what's going on in the MLB to what's behind the scenes. So really appreciate you guys listening to this episode here. And then, uh, like always, make sure you're you're subscribed to the podcast so that way it will show up in your downloads right when you get the episode. And then also make sure you go to Redbubble. Still got all of our free bagger gear on there, which you can do to support the podcast. And as always, You wouldn't have won if we'd beaten you. Thanks for listening, guys.